Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today we're joined by one of our favorite guests. He is a frequent guest. He is Lance Valentine from Teach and Fishing. Lance, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Good to see you. I appreciate you having me on. Well, the calendar has turned to October, and we're kind of getting into this fall groove. And for a lot of people, they're pulling out their bows, they're pulling out their guns, they're getting ready to go hunting. But this is really, if you're into fishing, this is kind of like the greatest time of the year, fall fishing. And we wanted to have you on to talk a little bit of a fall walleye fishing. Tell us a little bit about what you believe is kind of the your favorite part of fall walleye fishing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love fall walleye fishing. You know, obviously everybody's excited to go fishing in the spring uh, and obviously spring is good fishing. Summertime's decent fishing, uh, but fall is its its own little, uh, own little thing, if you will, you know. Um, fish are constantly feeding. The, the, the biggest thing about fall is, is walleyes are big, right? They're getting bigger every day. The biggest thing that makes an advantage for anglers is Every piece of bait that gets eaten right now is not going to be replaced until spring. So we've got hungry walleye, walleyes that have to eat. You know, we've caught fish, uh, you know, on, on six, seven inch crankbaits in the fall that have seven, eight, nine shad already in their belly. So fish are aggressive. They're active. They're actively feeding. They know they need to feed. They're not afraid to eat more than they should. And bait gets less and less and less and less every day. So all these factors, hungry fish, not a lot of bait fish coming to very distinct areas and coming together in big schools. Uh, I don't know what else, I don't know what else you could have to, uh, uh, to have some of the best fishing of the year. And, you know, again, like you said, a lot of guys are bow hunting, they're gun hunting. So the ramps aren't as crowded as they are in the spring. Um, so a lot of those, you know, those three things, hungry walleye, not a lot of bait and fewer fishermen makes fall my favorite time to be on the water. You brought up crankbaits there momentarily. What makes crankbaits kind of your favorite, your go-to uh, way to present bait to fish this time of year? What's great about crankbaits? So, you know, most of these fish, uh, unless they've lived a structure fishing, uh, our structure existence all year, most big walleyes this time of year uh, are open water hunters, right? They've lived open water all summer. They've chased shad, they've chased smelt, they've chased shiners, they've chased alewives they are looking for something that looks like a minnow. And there's nothing better uh, to imitate a minnow, right, that, 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 than, you know, some kind of crankbait. Not only are we imitating the forage, we can move and cover a lot of water. We can put, you know, here in Michigan, Ohio, where I do most of my fall fishing, it's three rods per angler. We can get at least six rods in the water. We can get different depths, different sizes, different colors of lures. We can cover water. We can find active fish and then very easily come back on those fish with multiple lures. So not only do we have the ability to imitate the forage, but we can run a large spread, lots of different options, and keep a lot of baits in front of the fish very, very easily, uh, a lot easier and a lot more efficient than, than we can when we're casting. So um, crankbaits are the way to go. Uh, you know, we start uh, this time of year, as I, you know, I call this kind of the, the summer to fall transition. Uh, big spoons catch fish too. But as we get into that colder water temperature, especially below 60 degrees, crankbaits really outshine spoons uh, and definitely outshine spinners that time of year. Uh, they're just great. You know, we can get them tuned. We can run them slow. We can run them fast. Different sizes, different shapes. We can imitate different bait fish. 
everything you need to easily uh, get a spread of, of, of baits in front of fish and catch a lot of fish. All that can be done with a crankbait. Tell me about the crankbaits you're running. What are you looking for? What does that spread look like? You talked about having kind of a six rod spread if you've got two people in the boat. Um, what are you looking for when you're kind of building your program and, and getting ready to put baits out in the water? Great question. So uh, a couple of things I look for that, that a lot of guys, I'm going I'm to talk about two things that most anglers don't pay enough attention to. Um, there's basically, uh, I'm going to call it three different types of running angles uh, in a bait. So if I put down a bait like a flicker shad or a flicker minnow uh, or some of our favorite fall fishing baits, uh, deep, deep reef runners, bandits, uh, top, uh, top 20s, deep diving smithwicks, those baits with big bills that dive, they dive nose down, right? They, they run like this, which gives them a pretty wide tail action. Now you take a bait like a deep diving husky jerk and it does run deep, but it runs more flat. So the action is more of a roll than it is a, a wiggle, if you will. So you've got uh, deep diving nose down runners, deep diving flat runners, and you've got shallow diving lures with small lips. Each one of those has a different action. And the, the, the biggest mistake I think a lot of anglers make in the fall is just because they've got to get deep. Let's say you got to get your baits down, let's say 20 feet to catch fish. They instantly grab uh, a deep diving bait that dives nose down because it's easier to get it there with less line out. But what happens sometimes is a shallow diving bait with a small bill or a bait like a deep husky jerk that runs flat, getting that down with either an inline weight or a snap weight, maybe lead core, whatever the case may be, you can get different baits to the right depth and have different actions. So I think the big thing is to stock your tackle box with lots of different sizes, shapes, and actions of baits, then put multiple actions in front of the fish see what they like, and then you can kind of zero in. There's lots of days that a deep husky jerk will catch 10 fish to every one that a bandit will. And the next day, maybe, you know, 10 to 1 bandits catch more fish than deep husky jerk. So that, that combination of how the bait runs in the water, nose down or flat, and what action a big bill, medium-sized bill, or a small bill creates are all factors that people don't pay enough attention to. Use different actions, get them to the right depth with different weighting methods. You're going to catch a lot more fish than just running a deep bait to get to deep fish. Well, we just talked about the lures, and that's part of your eight steps. But how about location? I think this is something that's really important. Somebody's putting their boat in the water. They're getting ready to go out and do some trolling, getting ready to go out and do some fishing. You know, where do they set up? Where do they – they're going to put a game plan together on how to start, where to start. Where would you kind of point people as far as things to look for this time of year if they're going to go out and troll for walleyes? So if I'm looking at a, a map of a, a chart of a lake for the first time, a place I've never been for, uh, I'm going to look for a couple things. I'm going to look for the largest basin, the largest deep basin in the lake. Uh, that's probably going to have uh, most of the, of the open water big fish in it. Then what I'm going to look for is I'm going to look for places that create uh, warmer water or more stable water temperatures. Now, that's usually traditionally bays and or incoming uh, water. Water that comes in from rivers this time of year is more consistent temperature. It cools slower, so it's a little bit warmer. And that's not so much for the walleye. It's for the bait fish, especially if you have shad. Shad don't like cold water. They start moving towards these river mouths, which are usually contained inside base. So the largest base of the lake, 
We're going to start looking at the side of that basin that has the steepest drop-offs. Steep drop-offs become much more important now than gradual drop-offs do that we fish in the summertime. Then we're going to look for bays or water coming in that creates more stable water temperature, warmer water, and places that bait fish want to go. That's where our walleyes are going to be. Yeah, you just put out a little video on tuning hooks on your crankbaits. You talked about <laughs> tuning earlier. I think when a lot of people think about tuning crankbaits, one of the things they think about is right there on the lip where it terminates to the line. Yep. You, you talked about some hooks as well. Can you talk about tuning your, your crankbaits and how that's important to catch a fish? Crank Crankbait tuning is huge, right? Uh, if a crankbait is not tuned properly, it's not going to run with this, going to get to the maximum depth. The depth you want it to get to, it's not going to run properly in the water, and it's probably going to tangle. At some point, it's going to kind of run out, probably hook on the line and start to, to tangle. Everybody that's trolled has seen that, right? So there's two parts to the tuning part. Uh, the first one is to make sure that your lure is running straight, and that's by bending the line tie. Uh, I use a tool made by Offshore Tackle calls an easy uh, crankbait tuner. Uh, I simply put this on the bait. I uh, put a little pressure on it. You can hear that click. What it does is it moves that line tie. It doesn't bend it or twist it. It just moves it this way a little bit. So what we're going to do is put the bait in the water. We're going to run it through the water. Let's say it's running off this way. We're going to take it. And we want to bend it back to the middle. So we'll put our uh, easy crankbait tuner on it. We'll put the small side over here, big side here. We'll give it a squeeze, and it'll take that line tie and bend it just a little bit, and that should bring the bait back to center. So we're going to make small adjustments until that bait runs back straight. Now that bait is tuned. But what we talked about this week in one of our posts is crankbait hook tuning. Most crankbaits have treble hooks. A treble hook is a single hook soldered to a double hook. So there's three points. So one side of that hook is going to have two points. One side is going to have one point. If your crankbait hooks are on wrong and you've got the double hook on the same side of both hooks, you've got four points on one side, two points on the other, that bait will never get tuned properly. So what we want to do is make sure we hold our crankbait up. So this front hook has two points looking at me on the front hook, one point looking at me on the back hook. I turn it around, obviously one hook on the front hook looking at me, two hooks on the back. I got three points on each side. Now that crankbait is in balance, I've tuned the hooks. Now I can tune the bait by getting the line tie right. I've got a bait that runs straight, runs true, has the right action, gets to the depth I think it's going to get to and isn't going to get me tangled. Yeah, that's a great tip and something I think a lot of people, especially people just getting into the game, don't really think about. Um, let's talk about color. I know it's not your favorite thing to talk about because it's on the bottom <laughs> of the list when it comes to your eight steps, but um, what are some of your favorite colors on Lake Erie this time of year? Very simple. Um, purple, red, orange, and pink. Uh, if a lure has one of those four colors somewhere on the bottom, it's going to catch fish. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be as simple as, you know, an orange throat like this, you know, like this uh, uh, glass shad wrap has. It can be a full belly of orange, pink, or purple, like some of our favorite colors have. Uh, I think of uh, one of our favorite fall colors is pink lemonade. It's got a pink pink stripe on the whole belly, but purple, red, orange, and pink. I've got stacks of data that tell me those four colors um, catch more fish than any other colors do. I also know, uh, I'm a pretty detailed record keeper. You've been to one of our trips. Uh, we try to get everybody to share their fishing information every day so we can put together some patterns. And you start to see this over tens of thousands of, of fish caught. You start to see all of this happen. I know in the fall time, 
that traditionally non-metallic bodies, whites, grays, bones, clears, catch more fish more often than uh, shiny chrome bodies do. And I know that dots and or stripes on a bait make a bait more effective than just a plain sided bait. So I'm looking for those, those doll base colors, if you will, purple, red, orange, or pink on the belly, and then dots or stripes on the side. And I've got a bait that's going to catch fish. All right. I'm going to ask you a hard question now. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting what you just said. Why do you think it is? Why do you think that that natural look, that, that chrome and the type of stuff that maybe you'd use in the spring or in the summer goes away as we get into this time of year? I think what happens is you don't traditionally in the fall, water gets a little bit dirtier. You traditionally don't have as much sunlight. You definitely don't have as much sunlight over the course of the day. I really think if you look at the shiners you get in April and May compared to the shiners you buy at the bait shop in October, November, bait definitely gets a much duller finish to it than it has in uh, the peak of the summertime. Uh, natural bait starts to lose some of its shine. I don't know why that is. I don't know if Mother Nature says, hey, there's a lot of walleyes that want to eat you right now. Let's make you hide a little bit better. Um, but you look at natural bait in the water, especially if you net or you buy shiner minnows, let's say, for perch fishing. Look at the difference between how much more uh, muted they are in the fall than they are in the spring. I think that has a lot to do with why uh, bone and muted color, uh, base colors work a lot better than brights do most days. You brought up a few minutes ago your uh, fall walleye education weekend, and I know you've got one of those coming up here in early November. Looks like November 2nd through the 5th. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so what the fishing education weekend is, it's, it's four days of exactly what it is, fishing education. So uh, go on the water every day. Uh, we start the day with a fishing information meeting. Uh, we'll, we'll show you a, a map or a chart, or usually what I do is I bring up my GPS hook it up to the projector, show you on the screen, hey, here's where the fish are, here's what's happening, here's what you should be doing, here's baits that are working, here's speeds that are working. Go out and, and go try it. Guys are going to go on the water. They're going to communicate uh, on the water as you catch fish. You're going to share with the rest of the group so everybody else can dial their pattern in. We're going to come back in the afternoon, have a uh, kind of an informal workshop before dinner. We're going to all sit down and eat dinner together. Then after dinner, we're going to have uh, a pretty serious fishing seminar that's going to kind of help you dial in some of the things that you should have learned today. Uh, we're going to give you information to get better at that. We'll do a real quick fishing recap, and then we'll come back in the morning and start with a fishing information meeting, breakfast as a group, fishing, workshop, dinner, seminar, recap of the day, and we just do that for four days. So you're on the water every day. You're dealing with people that are on the water with the same conditions, even ha either having more or less success. So you're learning from them. You're learning from myself and our staff as we're gearing the seminars towards what is actually happening. So we're going to give you uh, specific seminars to help you go out the next day and practice a technique or maybe get better at depth control, whatever the case may be. So you're, you're fishing, you're learning, you're applying, you're fishing, you're learning, you're applying, you're fishing, you're learning, you're applying for four days. Uh, I can't think of any way to get better uh, at fishing at a spot where there's a lot of big fish and great fishing in the Huron, Ohio area, Lake Erie, a great spot for big fish, a great spot to catch a lot of good fish, a lot of fish there to catch. So you can go out and try different things because you're probably going to get bit. Uh, everything kind of comes together for four days. Uh, great way to learn how to fish. Great way to meet new fishing, pe fishing partners. And uh, just a great way to immerse yourself for four days in fishing, 
education and obviously leaving there a better fisherman. Yeah, I was able to attend one of these, I don't know, must have been four or five years ago back in Dunkirk, New York. Uh, you're, you're in Huron, Ohio this year. Tell us a little bit about that Huron area and what makes that a great place to go walleye fishing. So everything we talked about, we talked about location. You know, obviously Huron is on the south shore of Lake Erie. And it's uh, about halfway between Cleveland and what I would call uh, the Western Basin Reefs. So what happens, Lake Erie, uh, fish spawn in the Western Basin, Detroit River, Sandusky River, and they migrate east in the summertime, chasing usually the deep water bait fish. Usually the smelt is why they migrate. As the water cools, the smelt come back, and the walleyes are drawn back, not only following the bait, but they're drawn back to get closer to where they're going to spawn in the spring. So we get this big migration of fish that have to go past here on Ohio. Now, if you look at a chart here on Ohio is an indentation in the Southern shore. It is a bay, um, Sandusky river, the Huron river, the Vermilion river. There's, there's five or six rivers that actually flow in creating that warmer water, more stable water inside a bay. You get offshore just a little bit. You're in 45 feet of water, very steep dropping, uh, uh, breaks, if you will, right there in Huron, shallow water structure, fish want to come up and feed at night in the rocks. Everything you need for good fall fishing is in this one little 10 mile circle uh, with the Huron River mouth based right in the middle of it. So we've got a lot of fish coming by, a lot of fish that are hanging there, a lot of bait. It's just a great place to fish in the fall. It has been for you know 30 years when we first really discovered it. Uh, and now we've got a ramp that holds you know 200 boats and uh, it really gets fished a lot, a lot more than I would like, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, it's just a perfect spot to have walleyes that are migrating from east to west. It holds bait. It has structure if you want to cast and fish structure fish or shallow troll. Deep water from about 38 feet all the way up to about 52 feet, depending on the water temperature and where the fish are. You've got access to a lot of water to get yourself away from uh, the rest of the crowd. So it's just a perfect place uh, to host a fall fishing event. So that, that's going to be a good time for everybody there. But what it's what they really want when people come to these things is to be able to take the lessons that they learned there back to their home water. How do they translate that? Yeah, so that, that's a great point. Um, we spent a lot of time uh, every day talking about sonar, being able to find fish, interpreting your sonar better. We talk about depth control, how to control your depth with you know lead core and snap weights and inline weights, um, how to run a good spread, how to set your setup spread up properly so you don't catch fish. If you catch fish on the outside board, you don't have to clear your other boards, get them out of the way, and you can get that fish in without making a mess. Um, we talk about putting a pattern together. We're going to give you all, here's all the, here's what we learned today. Here's what this tells us. Here's where we're going to make adjustments tomorrow. So obviously what we do is specific to what we're fishing, but if you take the process, something that we, that we really take pride in teaching at Teaching Fishing, you know, that eight step process and working through that, we teach you how to take the information, how to analyze it, how to use it. And now all you got to do next time you go back to your lake in the spring, it's just different set of conditions, but the process is exactly the same. Analyzing the data is exactly the same. You've learned all of this process and you've learned different ways to get your baits to the right depth. You've learned some things about picking the right lures. You've learned how to tune crankbaits. Uh, you've learned a lot of different things that you can take to any of your fishing you're going to take, anywhere you're going to troll for walleyes, no matter where that is or what time of year it is. Yeah, what I like about what you guys are doing is a lot of times, at least in business anyway, when you go to some of these places and they teach you all these things and then you go home and then you try to use them and you hit a speed bump and you're not sure where to go. 
well, the conference is over. And what's nice about what you guys are doing is people are going to go out, they're going to go fish, they're going to run into problems or run into questions, and then they come back. And you've got two or three days to kind of work these things yep. out as you're there kind of at the conference. It's really, it's it's just an incredible format with what you guys are doing. And I think it's a, a great opportunity for people who, you know, could be beginner anglers, could be intermediate anglers, and it could be even really advanced anglers to hang out with you guys and hang out with your team. You've got a lot of really great people that are working with you and, you know, everybody kind of goes out and hangs out on the docks and takes a look at everyone's boat. And it's just kind of a, this, this kind of just deal where people are, are exchanging ideas and kind of learning from each other. And I think it's a, a really great opportunity. If people want to find out more about it, where do they go? Uh, they can simply go to teachandfishing.com and right on the homepage in the upper left-hand corner of our, you'll see all of our little clicks there. Uh, says uh, 2023 FEW Fishing Education Weekend. Click right there and it'll get them to it. And you know, uh, you said something great. Uh, we try to talk to every angler that comes, either when they sign up, they let us know, or as they check in. And we try to check in and say, okay, what's one thing you need to take out of this weekend? What if you could leave here with one thing? What's that one thing? And we always try to make sure that we tailor what we do. Look, it may be the main seminar. Uh, I may send four or five people off with one of our staff members that knows more uh, about that topic than I do. Uh, but we try to personalize everybody's experience. So sometimes during the four days, they get personal attention to make sure that they're learning the one thing for sure that they wanted to leave here with. So that's something that doesn't happen all the time when you, when you have a big group. But we try, you know, we have six or seven staff guys there. Everybody's good at what they do, but everybody has a little expertise uh, and if we can't do, you know, the main seminar about what you want to learn, we'll make sure we get you with somebody sometime during the four days to make sure that you're learning what you need to learn, giving you tips to get better at it. So you're going to leave there, uh, not only meeting a bunch of people, catching a bunch of fish, uh, having the, the, the ability to, to learn kind of in general, we're going to make sure that we really narrow down what the one thing is that you really want to learn, put you in contact with the person that can help you and make sure you leave there a better angler than when you got there. Very good. He is Lance Valentine from Teaching Fishing. Lance, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Always love to have you on the show. Uh, fun guest and, and very, very informative. So appreciate you. And we'll probably see you again um, in February. Can't wait. Thanks for having me on, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.